begins with this gate drop. Live. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the off-week episode of Power to the Ground. You might notice that Jesse is not here. He is out. I think he's doing some school or something like that. But uh, So I don't just stumble through all by myself. I brought our buddy Tiller in. Uh, he's the one that will be running Tiller's tallies once we get everything all sorted out. Um, so take a minute, say hi. Uh, try not to beat him up too bad. But you might recognize him from Couch Cross. He's uh, he's pretty good with the old numbers. So we're going to try to go over some stats today, go over some 2021, I guess the season in all, you know, um, kind of go over a bunch of stuff. Uh, don't forget to hit up power, the number two, theground.com. Um, Jesse's worked pretty hard revamping it all. So uh, you've been on it, right, Tiller? Well, what do oh, you yeah. think? Oh, I'm it, digging it, especially the the homepage. Right when you pop in, got that sweet video, the race video on there. And when he first changed that the other day, and I looked at it, I just kind of I just pulled up the website and started staring at it and forgot what I was doing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, it it'll definitely catch catch your eye. Um, also, don't forget to stop over at the shop and get you a Do It for Dale shirt. I was gonna throw one on, but I was running around folding up little kids' clothes before I jumped on here, uh, so I. I didn't have time to run up and grab it and I'm sitting pretty far away from my camera. So I don't know if you would actually be able to read it, but I will wear it to the track this weekend. So, uh, jump on over there. Um, I wasn't a hundred percent certain if he was using the code still. So I did take it off. Um, I'm sure Jesse will let us know if he is, but so, uh, just be awesome and get yourself one cause they are pretty sweet. Uh, also for all you Facebook and YouTube video viewers, don't forget to like comment and subscribe. Uh, we have the, uh, I mean, I don't know. We, we put a lot of time and effort into this. It might not seem like it cause it does get a little bit weird at times and we don't really know where we're going, but it's, uh, I mean, what do you want with a live show with a bunch of goons like us? You know what I mean? So Good it's, time. uh, yeah, go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget to share. Also, um, we do uh, we do it just out of the passion of the sport. So the more people that we can get out there and kind of kind of touch, the uh, the better it feels for us. So uh, we do appreciate everyone that does that. Um, we should probably run down some sponsors real quick too. Uh, let's do a. Uh, Bro Taco hot sauce. That stuff's good. I I use it so much. We need to talk Sean into making gallon jugs. I, I think we should all just get gallon jugs of especially the brap sauce. I would invest all day. <laughs> right? I I mean I would too. It's I'm buying three or four at a time and it'll last me like a month, five, six weeks, maybe. You know, I, I use it on everything it's absolutely great uh jump on over to www.brotacofoods.com and don't forget to use the code pttg for 20 percent uh sean i mean that's another labor of love a lot like us over here he's sitting over there trying to make the best hot sauce for for everybody it's awesome so stop on in 
say hi to Sean. Uh, he was on the couch cross uh, this past weekend. So he's definitely a friend of the show. Show him a little bit of love. And uh, also jump over to uh, sunstar-breaking.com. Um, there's a support email on there under the uh, rider. You use, uh, just say PTTG sent you, Jesse sent you, Doug sent you, Tiller sent you. I don't care. Something to do with PTTG, and uh, I'll try to hook you up as best I can. Uh, that's, I mean, they're the number one OE spot, sprocket uh company pretty much in the world right now and they definitely take that right into the uh into the aftermarket sector so it's uh i run their stuff on all on everything that i have i keep trying to talk everybody else into doing it uh it it's nice yeah <laughs> so it's uh other than that what do you uh what do you think of the 21 season so far oh man it's uh it's been it's been really exciting. Um, I, you know, I think everybody had different kind of thoughts about what it could be going into it, but it's been something different every week. You know, there's been downsides, there's a, you know, track and something like that, you know, that everybody talks about, but I've been enjoying the season so far, watching the different winners. One of the things we'll talk about that I wanted to talk about was just the number of, you know, the number of riders we had in the top five, you know, everybody was talking about deep field, you know, 2021 it's, been a pretty deep field even the number of guys in the top five the number of guys in the top 10 uh all season long they're swapping in and out i've i've not been disappointed yeah yeah it's definitely been uh it's been a pretty good season i i can't say that i'm overly disappointed um i do know that i make fun of it quite a bit and call it start cross or like slot cross or you know um but i that's definitely not a not a knock on like the riders of the season. Um, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm hoping that what we were reading earlier in the day about Tomac kind of talking about the tracks and how they need to get a little bit more technical and a little bit more fun. I, I definitely think that we need to, to see that going forward, you know, but it's, uh, we'll see. It's so far from what I've heard is there's definitely an evolution in supercross tracks that is on the horizon, uh, how far off the horizon is. It's hard to say, you know, but it's, uh, it, we might be seeing some more stuff, especially if the bike technology keeps going up, but yet the tracks are pretty much staying the same over the course of a decade. Like something has to change, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think especially when you consider the bike technology, there's, something what obviously the bike technology is never going to stall but maybe we get to a point where the outright speed isn't there maybe the power is more controllable and that's more of in a steady spot so then that allows them to really start experimenting with the tracks and stuff you know i was looking earlier today at the and maybe we end up talking about it is the atlanta tracks versus daytona because everybody's like oh you know atlanta is going to be more like daytona and i remember the track maps and i just don't um i'm not i'm not on the atlanta like being like Daytona uh, train at all. I think I was looking at the Atlanta track. There's, there's so many long lanes, so many different things that it looks like they could end up trying as far as rhythm sections there, instead of having yeah. to worry about doing a repetitive thing. I think they're, I hope they take advantage of that opportunity and try out a lot of cool different rhythm lanes like that at Arlington three. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, they, they have a fresh map with Atlanta coming up. So let's definitely uh, let's, 
hope that they bring something crazy. You know, I, I think they kind of outdid themselves with Daytona on the NASCAR tracks. So it's, uh, it definitely set the bar high this year. So I think it'll be, uh, it'll definitely be interesting kind of seeing it go forward. Yeah. I'm definitely pumped to see what they can do there. And then, you know, like you were saying, I hope to see that they can come up with something good in the future, you know, either, the bikes are going to get a lot better, a lot faster, and they're going to be forced to do something with the tracks or, you know, that they're going to have time to really get creative with the tracks as the bikes just kind of work themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you already have the, the Yamaha who you can't really add any power to because otherwise then it's too powerful, you know, especially the 450, the 250, they got those things dialed. So mm. not too much uh, concern there, but that 450, that's, that's a killer, man. That that's a powerful bike coming from the factory and the pro guys are like, it's, it's too much, you know, like we have to, we have to tone it back. Let's just run a stock motor. I'm, I'm sure they're running a better map than the, uh, than the old EPA lean map that it comes from the factory with, but they don't do a lot of work like power adding and stuff like that. They do, you know, some, some weight stuff and some other fancy factory racing stuff that, that they tend to do, but overall, I don't see it, um, as them changing too much, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, other than that, I, I definitely, something has to change, you know, we need to get some, get some communications going so that guys can, can know what's going on out there. We need, we need a little bit, uh, more racy tracks, I guess is what I would call it. You know, um, like, like we were saying, bring back dragons backs. Let's do two whoops. Nobody needs to go through and, and double, 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 do a 90 degree, double, 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 90 degree, you know, throw some whoops in there. Let's make it fun. You know, it's, uh, we're not building tracks on Supercross three or something like that. So. Absolutely. It'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch it go forward. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that we get to see, uh, see an evolution in, in tracks and in our time, you know, and that's, uh, that's, uh, there's an interesting one. Let me see if I can figure out how to do this. Do you think shock programs keep the smaller teams out of the hunt more than the motors? I, I do not. Um, not necessarily it's so the motors from the factory except for the yamaha are all really close um i i can't say one is better than the others outside of outside of the yamaha um now when you're talking forks and shocks yeah there's a huge difference between the manufacturers but a lot of these guys they don't even ride it on the stock stuff. It goes straight to the straight to the suspension shop. You know, it's uh, they're running full built stuff that they've they've had dialed for years because a lot of these guys are running the same bikes year after year. Uh, it might just be a model newer. Um, it does get expensive though. I can definitely see that. Now outdoors, you're going to see your motor is going to make a lot more difference than your uh, suspension package does. Uh, as opposed to supercross, which I think is mostly suspension and not as much motor. So that's, uh, you're the KTM guy, man. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? 
I mean, I don't know. I think I was, you know, as you were talking through that, I was thinking about it and thinking, you know, there's so many guys now that are getting in to races pretty much with a basically stock engine minus maybe a map. Um, and even then, you know, kind of like one of the stock available maps plus an exhaust, but then they're definitely upgrading the suspension. So I think, I think maybe more than the motor, it could, but then also suspension stuff is getting so much more readily available with, you know, the technology is just getting better and better. There's still a gap between what the privateer guys can afford and what the factory teams are running. But I think what the privateer guys can get is getting much, much better is getting more refined over time. These guys are learning more about air shocks or some of the other ones. And they're, they're figuring out what the pros and cons are and they're figuring out sooner. No, I'm an air shot guy. No, I'm a conventional guy. And you know, all the different shops out there can tune them. You know, you can send it to like race tech and that's already miles above stock just because it's tuned for you. And then you've got, you know, the shop guy above that, like maybe if you can afford to get Enzo to do it, you know, maybe he does a, a super special something over race tech for you. So that's one thing. And it's not, I don't know. I'll be honest. I never really fully understood what the intricacies of, you know, like a kit versus some of the other stuff versus the factory were, you know, I know there were those levels, but I think it's getting close enough. And then I don't know, I'm always on the train of two. Also, these guys are kind of like head cases for the most part. And I think the factory stuff is more of a perceived benefit than an actual is much of a, it, it's a bigger perceived benefit than it is an actual benefit for some guys. Yeah. There's definitely a, uh, there's definitely a thing is too much options. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, to answer your question, it's, I would have to say outdoors is going to mostly be motor. You're going to spend a lot more money on your motor to go race outdoors because you figure these guys are fourth, fifth gear pinned out quite a lot, you know, like literally chasing each other down. Whereas Supercross is, it's definitely suspension driven, flow driven, technical. And a lot of these guys are running, they've probably never ran a stock suspension bike in their lives. If you look at some of the stuff that the kids are running now with like, you know, like, uh, like you said, the a kit, you have bonsai, you have Enzo, you have, there's so much out there. Like we could go on and on about just the different suspension brands that guys are running right now. So it's, it definitely gets very expensive. Um, well, as Grant knows, he's my brother, you know, so he sees me spending money left and right over suspension stuff over motor stuff you know so it's uh that's uh i could definitely see that but it's uh yeah it's right now this time of year though i would probably say no i i think it i think they're definitely spending more um on good quality suspension than anybody's spending on on motors but yeah yeah i've always been yeah and if i sounded biased it's because i've always been a suspension put money into suspension before you put money into your motor uh that's just the way i've always been yeah so it's uh i don't know if your question is is too long right now to fit i don't know if you guys can read that but the biggest premise is what's the biggest difference between a uh, a privateer and a in a factory guy in terms of like training practice stuff like that and i would definitely have to say that 
it's a lot it's a lot so the factory guys they have their own camps they have their own trainers they have alden baker if you're one of roger DeCoster's guys you know i mean he's one of the greatest fitness experts in the sport and he only works with those guys uh that is definitely a huge advantage um some guys do great with it like cooper webb and some guys hate it like jason anderson so it's definitely uh but as far as practice time, a lot of these guys can afford to go out and buy like El Chupacabra Ranch or, or Bamland or, you know, the goat farm, stuff like that, where they're going out there and they have grade A tracks almost every day. And they're out riding for hours and hours a day where your average privateer might have to work at a dealership, you know, like J-Mart did. You know, so it's it's uh, when I worked at the dealership back in my hometown we had a we had a kid that worked there that used to race all the outdoor nationals you know he would work monday through thursday gone on friday to go catch the national race and then he'd be back on monday to work you know so it's i mean it's definitely there's a night and day difference between trying to scrape by to chase your dream and you are living your dream there's a huge difference but it's uh i mean that's another one where we could get into almost all night, but I think what almost going back to bikes, you know, that actually, that, that would be a, a, a pretty good segment, you know, um, with what is, uh, what we were going to come on here and talk about, you know, which was some of the stats, some of the, the 21 overlook stuff, you know, um, what about, um, what about like Barsha, Mookie, Plessinger? These are all guys that have been ringing the bell all year. And everyone's like, they're getting so much better. Or Barsha's so much better now that he's not on the Yamaha bike. What do your stats say, Tiller? Oh, man. Well, this, this all over the place. Um, let's see. Who do we want to look at first? <laughs> let's look at Barsha since he was the one. He's one of the, one of the biggest ones. You know, he switched brands. Yeah. Um, so big point is right now we're 12 rounds in last year the switch happened at round 10 11 through 17 we're the ones all in salt lake first time we had the new format back to back to back everything else was traditional before that so some yeah. of it's going to be kind of a zero to ten to comparison some of it's going to be up to now last year barsha on from round one through ten his average finish was 4.3 this year, round one through ten, six point three. What? Yeah, it's it's a little off because he had the round, uh, you know, where he he had the little collision with Freezy, um, yeah. that put him back. So you drop that round, he's got a four point nine average finish. So he's still there. Yeah, kind of. You know, yeah, fourth to fifth. Yeah, that. I mean, that's not a huge swing. So yeah, but zero through 10 or rounds through 10 last year, you know, the 4.3, his average uh, finish at the end of the series, 7.5. Oh yeah. So Salt Lake, like we all thought, you know, didn't, he didn't do bad there. He had an uh, eight, eight, nine, 21st, nine, nine, 20th. Oh, you know, so he was getting worse with the eight, eight nines, but yeah. the 21st and the 20th didn't help him, but he's only had two finishes outside of the top 10 this season and only three outside of the top five no four outside of the top five he had a nine 13th 19th and a six the rest of them has all been 
uh, better than fifth. That's crazy, though. He's de- I definitely feel like he's getting at least more TV time this year. And I wonder if it maybe it is because he did switch brands. You know, he's got that that little bad boy attitude thing going um, that Gas Gas definitely tried to play up. So I wonder if it's if it's people just trying to uh, like they kind of take notice of that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I wonder if it if it's definitely uh, affecting some of his TV time. Um, Oh, but, for sure. I'm sure they're, they, you know, it's, it's kind of what they try to do, right? They try to, he, he might've just been one of the stories that they were like, Hey, this is definitely the story we want to follow this year, regardless, you know, granted, if he would have fell off to the back, maybe they would have followed it and kind of not going to, not going to shame him, but, you know, really point out and be like, Oh man, maybe he would have been better if he would have stayed on Yamaha with the star change, like Mookie and Plessinger. Um, yeah. You know, it's definitely yeah. a way to do it. But I think, like you said, I think they knew they were like, Hey, this is definitely one we want to follow this year because no matter what happens, it's going to be, be there's ways we can play it. He's either got better, it didn't matter. Barsha's Barsha, no matter what bike he's on, or you know, or this whole change was just worse. They're just gonna play it however it works. Yeah, it was well, it was also kind of sudden. Like I don't think a lot of people knew it was gonna happen. You know, it's uh, I wouldn't say he talked super highly of the bike, but he never really talked too bad about it either. You know, right. so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward. It's also, it's a hybrid between a Husqvarna and a KTM, so it, it probably doesn't handle like either one of them, you know. But it, it's probably close to both, but not quite. So they still have a little bit to dial in to go. But I don't know. I think uh, he might be kicking himself though, especially seeing Plessinger and Mookie. It seems like they're sitting right around the top five all the time. Like, oh, it's yeah, crazy. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, just uh, one of those things we'll never know because he, he, it is a relatively, as far as these bikes go, it's a different bike, you know? Um, yeah. It may not be, I'd say, like, maybe if if he was doing really well on the Airshock and then on this frame and they were still running conventional and on that frame, then maybe it'd be like, okay, yeah, this is about as close to night and day as you can get between, like, two different bikes. Yeah. But now it's just like, you know who knows you know maybe maybe barsha can just ride everything fairly well yeah there's well there's something to be said about that too i mean you see some guys that'll a bike change will be absolutely detrimental to them or you know from zero to hero um i i would attempt to put web in that right now but the whole team has changed so much since he left that i think it would definitely be hard to kind of switch that out you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree um let's see so and now we're gonna look at look at mookie we'll save ap for next malcolm obviously everybody feels like he's doing better wow I did this. I almost wonder, is that right? I don't know. You're the stat guy, man. I can't tell if it's right or not. There's just yeah. numbers to me. Yeah, no, I looked at it <laughs> earlier. I looked at it earlier and it didn't it didn't quite catch me and I wanted to make sure I was using the right the right numbers. Holy cow. I'm gonna have to double check this later to make sure I've not lost my mind. Mookie's average finish through round 10 this year, 
same things last year. Exact same thing. Average was 7.8 last year for through round I, 10. I can see that. I definitely, um, I don't know if I could see it the exact same, but I could see maybe like a six to eight, you know, like a, like a two position swing. Cause I remember picking them in almost every time Rocky mountain fantasy had the, uh, like the wild card for like eighth or ninth place. Yeah. Mookie was my guy. So. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. So this year, just glancing at the numbers, I'd have to, I, I have to put it in the line chart to really look at it. It looks like he's had a few more really good rounds and two slightly worse rounds where last year his finishes were a bit more clumped together. Whereas, you know, the kind of nine, eight, 10 ish range, whereas this year he's had, you know, a five and a four, and then he's had an 11 to 10 also. So it's been a little bit more varied, but exact same average, exact same points from now to now. But then, you know, where we're going to be able to tell the difference is, um, where's it, what's he going to be able to do in Salt Lake? Because Salt Lake, he got hurt, or, you know, it, it, it hurt his results with an 11, um, a 22nd. Other than that, 7 5, 5 7, and a 4. He had pretty good results. Granted, Salt Lake City four or Salt Lake City seven was kind of a interesting race. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I that'll be kind of interesting to see how he does out there to change change that. But yeah, even through round twelve, same. Yeah, he's actually his average is the same. You know, he hasn't had as many good rides as he's had this year, but it's actually the same so that's, that's interesting. interesting yeah yeah not not what i not what i would have expected based on again like how they've been playing up mookie or at least how i think i think maybe the ten, the tv's not been talking about him as much as you know some of the communities just like you know happy about mookie because you know over the off season it was there was a while where he didn't have a ride he was testing you know, we were talking about, is he riding, uh, you know, what year Kawasaki is that that he's riding? And then he was yeah. on KTM for a while. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, he signed up with Star Yamaha and it is what it is, you know? So I'll be, I'm, I'm curious to see how he can hold it through for these next ones. If he can still be consistent. Um, he's had two, you know, A1 and A2 weren't that hot for him, but also when you try to square up Jason Anderson and end up on the concrete, then you're, you know, you're not going to finish the race too well. So we'll see. I hope, I hope something just interestingly enough for him comes together to where he ends up trying outdoors on the Yamaha. I don't know, just to see something different. I don't think he I, will. I think he'll want to go yeah. fishing, but I don't think we will ever see that. Yeah, if there was a year. It'd be it'd be fun to see it this year. Um, let's see. And then Plessinger, Plessinger through round ten last year, ten point five was his average finish. And he's got a 7.9 is, an, is his average finish this year. He's actually got. That's not bad at all. Same same amount of points as. Uh, same amount of points as uh, Mookie does right now. Or no. No, he's a little bit more. 183. Through round 10, they had the same. They had the same amount of points through round 10. He's just ahead of Mookie in the championship standings right now. Huh. Yeah, that's, I don't, uh, I don't completely know 
all the stats like that, but I definitely can understand if uh, if he's doing better. He looks a lot better to me. You know, I mean, he's got a couple heat wins. He's got a couple different real hard charges. I mean, he kept up with Tomac there for a couple laps, and then it uh, it's. I'll be happy when to get to outdoors. I think Aaron definitely does better outdoors. So I, we'll see. I just hope he keeps on the upward swing, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, his whole, he just, his average stayed about the same last year. I think he's definitely on a good trajectory. You know, he's had 16th and 11th, three nines, you know, kind of, um, it is what it is for him, but his ups are much higher. Yeah, this year than he was I mean, last year, so I think that's the good thing. He's got heat wins and a main podium. That yeah. is amazing. So, I, what more can you want from a guy that everybody's been hounding him about losing a ride on Yamaha? Yamaha's crazy for signing him. Blah blah blah. You know, and then he comes out this year just so winging. So, it's definitely fun. It's uh, I don't know. Do, is what other interesting stats do we have that we can go over? We we still have some time, man. Yeah. So the out of the twelve rounds we've got so far, how many different guys do you think we've had in the top five? How many different guys in the top five? Eleven. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. And it was up until Orlando one or two where we had 12, 12 different guys in the top five. Uh, yeah. Chase Sexton was one of the, was the most recent one that got added in. And then after that, it's pretty much stated out about who's in the top five or who is going to be in the top five. We haven't really added any more, but I think 12 different guys in the top five, is pretty, uh, you know, it's, you know, I think everybody deep field this year was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to be that deep. We probably all expected the same six, seven guys to be in the top five to have 12, you know, 13 different guys in the top five is pretty exciting. I mean, Ferrandis and Brayton are the only ones with one appearance in the top five. So even then, 11 different guys in the top fives, I don't know. It's pretty exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you figure Ferrandis and Brayton, Ferrandis is having little flashes in the pan. I, mm -hmm. I think I might have expected more out of him, but at the same time, I try not to get the hype train moving too fast whenever we have a guy come straight from 250s up to 450s. So I don't know. I, I did kind of expect a little bit more out of him, but I'm not disappointed that he's doing the way he is, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he's shown some crazy speeds so far this year, but I think I would have expected more of a consistent, I don't know, 10 through five position from him and not end up on the ground, but this ending up on the ground and then those flashes of speed to make it, make a wreck, make a ridiculous amount of passes and then come back and still in a decent speed. is just not what I expected. It's awesome. I hate that he's on the ground, but it's great that he's showing he's at least fast on the bike. Yeah. Yeah. He just needs to nail down the consistency. That's like uh AC this year too. I, I had moderate hopes for AC and at the same time I didn't want to get too excited and mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad that I didn't man.
but it's uh he's the same way shows great speed and then it falls apart and then he'll show great speed again like both of their abilities to bounce back after something happening to them that would normally really mess up another rider i i really enjoy but at the same time it's uh it gives me almost too much hope if that makes sense yeah yeah i could definitely see that uh and then looking at top fives also we've got up until orlando orlando one roxon was the only guy that was in every top five and then orlando no orlando one was there that one which one did he not make it in Arlington one was the one where he didn't make it in the top five. He was in every top five up until Arlington one. Um, you know, and that's when Daytona Arlington one was when we started really started being like, okay, Roxon may not have this in the bag. Like we thought he did. Um, Cooper was slowly climbing back up. Now they're both sitting at two 11s or, or they're both had been in the top five, 11 out of the 12 rounds. Um, and this was, and this is part of the reason why stats are, really interesting to me and especially these this year and the previous years before because so far before all these like championship predicting things were in a series where we had guys that won everything you know or won year after year after year and yeah this is the first time where we could potentially have five different winners in five years in a very long time and so the whole oh yeah first got a three first got a four i don't know you know we're it we've had two guys in the top five 11 times and we still don't know who's going to win. You know? Yeah. It's definitely a, uh, it's going to be a consistency wins the championship year, I think. And if you're outside of the top five from here on out, it, just finishing like week to week, I think you're signed, sealed and delivered. You're not getting it, you know, yeah, for sure. So it's, uh, it's definitely making it interesting, especially when you break it down that way. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was definitely on the, uh, oh, he won three, first to three, 75% chance or whatever it is wins. Yeah. And then, and then K-Rock, K-Rocked, man. So it's uh, it's tough to see being a, a Roxon fan, but I also like Webb. I, I mean, the dude is an absolute savage. And the way he's been subtly sub- – I can't say that word, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great, word. yeah, great radio, man. You can't even yeah. say the words right, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, to, to watch him just kind of mess with rocks and throughout the year, just, just small little like tweaks here or tweaks there, or I'm going to say this thing on this show or put this in this magazine and it really gets to him. And it's, I wonder if Roxon wanted it too bad where Cooper's just trusting himself to get there. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing, but I know usually when I want something really bad, I'll screw it up and I won't get it. So that's, uh, maybe that's what Roxon's doing and Cooper's just helping him. Oh yeah. I think there's something, you know, to that for sure. At least maybe even the fact that this is, you know, Kenny's maybe trying something new this year with the whole, uh, you know, how, how are a lot of people putting it like the Zen thing, you know, where he's trying to be like a little bit more chill, like try to be chill. You know, he's got some aggressiveness, you know, as far as where he took off in the off season to kind of ramp back up with his training. 
uh, you know, like really start attacking again, but also at the same time be chill. Maybe that's a new thing for him and he hasn't really mastered the whole staying chill when uh, Cooper Webb pushes me to the outside in the first turn type thing. And Cooper <laughs> Webb's still like, nah, man, I know how to be a bulldog. Like, it's worth yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. Like, you had 20 minutes from when that happened to recover from it and still finish strong. And I think he turned into his own worst enemy. Uh, and that round messed him up. I think mm-hmm. that if, if he could have came out of that and just been like, whatever, you know, what goes around comes around. He pushed me to the outside, but at the same time, he didn't really push him to the outside. He was very nice about it. You know, he's like, come over here, buddy. Like, why, why don't you just ride over here? You know, like he was nice about it. He wasn't aggressive or anything. And it was, uh, it really messed him up. But yet he can get T-boned by Barsha and be perfectly fine. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting, man. I think there's a lot going on there. And I, man, there's times like this where I wish, you know, like, man, I wish I would have went into sports psychology to really just figure more out of this stuff out and get in there, like do something with these kind of guys. Cause it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, another thing with Kenny too, that I've been hearing recently, I've heard it on too many shows. Oh, you know, so it's like, it's like he's been doing, you know, he, Kenny's just always fades in the, in the latter half. Yeah. It was last year. He did it last year. And then he was out with injuries i went back and looked at his like previous seasons we all know how crazy he wasn't outdoors his supercross seasons before that there was no late season fade he faded last year and then he got his arms busted up more than anybody in the series for two years he doesn't have a late season fade like this is this is a whole nother thing yeah yeah that's uh i've heard that quite a bit too and it's i wonder how much of it is because this sport has such a short capacity for any type of history oh yeah recency bias for sure yeah so it's last year i wonder how much it had to do with him having whatever illness he had and being overly cautious about like all the virus stuff which which Mm -hmm. i get it i mean that that man's paychecks are literally dependent on his body you know so and I wonder if that really messed with them. And then the back-to-back-to-back races where nobody was really ready, but it really showed off who had fitness and recovery. You know, so it's, I don't oh, know. Yeah, for but, sure. And his, his results even in Salt Lake weren't that bad. He had, like, what killed him was the 10th and the 7th. You know, yeah. granted, yeah, he wasn't keeping up with Tomac, but I don't know. When you think about it, it's not that bad. And that's another thing about this sport. You know, everybody's like, well, he didn't get first. And it's like, well, only one person can get first. That, like, doesn't mean that it wasn't <laughs> close. You know, it's not like just because he got third means he was, like, you know, a whole, yeah. like, two, you know, football fields behind the guy. It's like, I don't know. It's it's still, when you look at the numbers, I don't know, first and third aren't always ridiculously far away. So, I don't no. know. I think something could happen, you know, especially maybe if there's something to the late season fade. Kenny gets three weeks to go to the beach and chill, you know, and work out in between. Maybe he comes back at ATL and is like, guess what, guys? I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Rocket. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, I definitely do want to see Kenny bring back his uh his swagger, though. I think that was what really shielded him from the outside influences, uh, yeah. was just putting on that I, basically like the Conor McGregor of Supercross, you know, 
And I think that his overconfidence let him have a confidence fade enough that it wasn't detrimental like it seems to be right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe if I were him, I'd go throw on that sweet suit and go jump in, you know, like call on and be like, hey, man, I need an NSX so I can go, or like, I don't know, even go jump in his Audi and do a lap around the, uh, you know, yard before I go, you know, go to the track every week or before I jump on the press conference every time, just be like, no, no I'm, I'm still here. I'm still yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, especially in a game that's, that's extremely physical. I mean, you ride are extremely mental. Like you ride and I ride and it, it's when you're halfway through a ride, if you're not constantly trying to maintain your focus or if you start like, Oh, there's no way like me doing cross country, you're talking, there's minutes gaps in between people. You know what I mean? So you're like, Oh, I can't see anybody. Uh, you know, I, I must be in last place or, you know, Oh, I got stuck or something like that. Like my race is over. I, I quit. Like it's just those little seeds of, like negativity that end yeah. up growing a whole forest and time after time, it, it's those guys that aren't sitting there pruning that forest or, or turning that negativity into, into something that they can really use, you know, like, like, Oh, I broke down last time, but I only, I still got fifth, you know, like that means that at least I, at least I pushed hard enough at the beginning and I had some bad luck, you know, it happens to everybody. I've yet to meet a racer that hasn't had a mechanical at least once in their life. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a big difference. I mean, that's it's the difference too between. I mean, it happens to all of them. Even you know, just because there's the privateer guys or the guys on you know like Benny Bloth, man. A lot of people, I don't know. He's bit me in fantasy this year because <laughs> he just pulls off sometimes. Like, no, nah, I mean, yeah. you don't you don't do that. And I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's a little bit different example, but it's the same kind of thing. You know, like don't let the negativity grow you know, like you just finish the race sometimes. And, you know, that's just a bigger thing of it. And it's guys like that, you know, that are never going to come close to getting rides, like uh bigger factory rides, because, you know, you know, the guys like Roger DeCoster, he sees, he sees somebody did that, I don't know, two times ever. He's like, Nope. Cause I know that problem is going to be way bigger. You know, if they came up here on, you know, and, and rode this stuff, it's my, yeah. my, my team's not going to fix them. Like it's in their head. And I don't mess with that. Roger's like, I saw a video where you, tipped over as a 50 and you stepped off the track and didn't want to ride it you're not allowed to ride one of these ktms exactly. you know? <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah you can see him doing that there's too many i mean that's oh, the yeah. there's too many guys out there now and if that's the thing that can separate you is the ability to not quit i'm gonna take the guy that can suffer all day long and that's i mean a ray is a prime example of that man he's uh that dude has the worst luck out of anybody i've ever seen in my life yeah. you know i mean who lands on somebody else loses a what a whole like his whole slip on came off he well it the dude's absolutely got the worst luck ever but yeah. he's still cheery attitude you know he'll still talk smack with like Cade and starling and, and like all those other guys and they're just back there having fun man just showing mm -hmm. up every week they're just glad to be racing and, and it's i think now there's a big difference between just trying to make the night show to racing for a championship like i completely understand that yeah but at the same time you can't i i think some of these guys especially right now where we're most of the way through the season and it's closing in and we just had a couple red plate changes i think you you definitely you can't lose sight of 
why you do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be fun watching the next couple races and really seeing these guys kind of hopefully trim back some of that, some of that negativity and, and really go for it. Cause it's, it's definitely coming into the, you're either going to sink or swim, you know, and nobody's going to hold mechanicals against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, if, if you sink, it's on you unless there was like a bike problem, you know what I mean? And, and I get that stuff breaks all the time. I've been in this industry for a long time. I've seen some really weird shit happen on bikes, you know? Yeah, for sure. So it's, it, it's, it's hard to say, man. It's, and it's, I, I mean, I don't even know it. I've never really been in that, in those shoes where I'm racing in front of tens of thousands of people for millions of dollars. And it is literally all on you. I've never been in that spot. So yeah, definitely not going to act like I've been in there, you know, <laughs> yeah. close to that, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's enough to kind of, at least it's interesting to think about like what you're saying, you know, I'm like, maybe Kenny's just dealing with that doubt. You just that little bit of doubt that's just kind of getting him and he's having a hard time overcoming it with anything, you know, like you said, out there doing the long races, that little bit gets in you and who knows, but maybe, maybe these next three weeks off, um, two full weekends between now and Atlanta, I'll, help him and then they'll come back to Atlanta. We're probably going to get at least one rain round. You know, somebody's going to be mentally tough to be able to like stick it out through one of those rounds or, you know, it's going to be Zach going to get lucky three times in a ray, bro. <laughs> That's yeah, going right. to be the one time Zacho throws it on the podium. It's a mud race. He's like, yeah. hold my goggles, boys. We're going off roading. Yeah. My <laughs> short little legs. I don't even need to put them down. Just gonna go. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and Tomac will blow the clutches out of the side of the bike, but it's, Ooh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. i i that guy's tough on equipment man it's but he's fast he's another one though he's he gets that one little seat of doubt and it, it's over you know it's yeah and it's, that's been interesting for him too like i i really think i mean you i know some people get it and some people don't and like i could probably just be like stuck on this point too much but i don't think you know maybe people jump on like the kefir wagon about like home life being good and you know like the daddy bump or whatever but i think i think tomac's got the daddy downside man i think year zero to one he's losing a lot of sleep at home man i just keep thinking about these guys need to be on that training thing where their program needs to be 100 percent all the time and for a go- guy like tomac to be as fast as he can be when like the fast we all know he can those were the nights where he had everything go right that week. He got all the sleep he needed. He ate everything perfectly. Like there wasn't a mess up on his program. He didn't have anxiety about what was happening. Like everything went down and he went out there. And oh yeah. This year it's, you know, if he's sleeping in a different room because the baby's like so loud, I don't know, maybe that's messing it up because you know, things aren't, you just as perfect as they are at home. Or I just, I really think that the, the daddy thing's probably not working out, you know, in his favor for being that hundred percent top level athlete obviously he's still clearly in the top 90 percent yeah but yeah i I I mean he's definitely not going to pull it off this year but maybe maybe between now and then he'll get that reset before outdoors and we get to see get to see magic i mean he is an outdoor guy that zero doubt you know it's uh i don't plus you really have to think like how big is the drive he's he's got everything he's literally just chasing individual records now Mm-hmm. You know, like Daytona wins or overalls or, 
He's, I mean, he's up there in all of them. He's just knocking guys off every time he puts it on the podium. But you kind of have to think, how much is that a driving force for somebody in the long run? You know what I mean? I mean, that's... Yeah, especially if you're going to, you know, if you're pushing it at that level and the, the downside to pushing it that hard is you got a higher risk of losing it, you know, yeah. getting hurt. Maybe he's just riding a slightly bit more conservative too because, like you said, I've got a, you know, I've got my championship. I don't... I don't need to push to the 110% anymore. I can just ride at like 99, see how everything rolls because I don't want to risk hurting myself in right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to say. It's, we have what, five rounds left? Four rounds? Mm-hmm. Five? Yeah. It, you never really know which Tomac is going to show up, though. Is it going to be Lido Mac or is it going to be Eli Tomac? Yeah. Is, is he going to nail the start and just absolutely demolish everybody? It's it, It's also one thing that I have noticed this year since we've been like talking on the discords and stuff like that also is he seems if he gets a good start, the whole rest of the night's going to go good for him. Mm-hmm. Like that is just pressure off his mind. He's like, it's done. It's over with. And I could definitely see that coming from somebody that already has a stigma as not being a strong starter, where when he nails it, that's that extra like 0.1% confidence booster that he needs to show up as Eli Tomac. But when he gooses it, he it takes him like a lap or two to kind of like shake it off, you know, when he should be charging, trying oh. to catch back up while everybody's together. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing. I don't even know if I've really thought about it that way. Cause I mean, you know how it is, you, you know, it's not even just like the heart rate spark from messing it up, but you're out there, you know, doing, you're doing a lap in the GNCCC, you mess up one of the uh, sections a little bit. It takes you a minute to kind of like get that out of your head and be like, nah, man, I know what I'm doing. Like, I know this lap I've done it. Like, just cause <laughs> I did it wrong next time doesn't mean I have to do it wrong again next time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just stuff that I've been picking up over, like we'll be sitting there watching it live, talking back and forth and stuff like that. And we'll be like, Oh, Tomac didn't get a good start. And then you don't see him starting to progress for like another lap or two. Whereas the previous year he was getting good starts. I would, I'm not a stats guy like you, you know, I don't follow it. I just kind of go by how I feel, you know? So it's a, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like I feel like the majority of the races, he was definitely coming out at at least in the top eight, you know, where this year it, it seems like he's, he's further back and I think it's really messing with him. And and I don't know if it's his training regimen or his home thing or that he's, he's proved himself to everybody already, you know, or if it's just, he's getting a bad start and it's staying in his head just a little bit too long. You know what I mean? It, and it's hard to say, but I feel like there is a correlation between his starts and how the next couple laps go. And the worst part is, is we can we can't track unless we physically go back and look at every race for the last two years. We can't track where he was because they don't count that first half lap. They don't like yeah. It, so you don't really know. So it's, I mean, I don't know. That's me just throwing stuff out there. You know, <laughs> I what? Well, that's the crazy thing. It's not. I mean, it's. I don't know if it's throwing it really. I mean, it's pointing out all the, like he's just got, there's so many different things that I think are pretty, pretty dang reasonable arguments for why he's not doing well 
one of them's got to be right. Yeah, and all of them are reasonable. And it could be a combination of all of them. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be one of them every week. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It could be the baby was running a fever, so he's or he or she, I can't remember which one, was was crying most of the night. I didn't get a great night's sleep. It could be, oh, I got a bad start, but I've already had like a bad day, and now it's going to affect me for a lap and a half rather than just snapping out of it. You know, it could be, well, I'm not 100% feeling it. You know, I'm getting older. I've already won everything. I'm just going to go go race you know it's it's hard to say and it's it's definitely interesting this is something that we could probably talk about a lot you know just going over and breaking all this stuff down and and i mean i feel like we have talked about it a lot throughout the season so far (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's just gonna come down to you know stamp it let's remember let's remember we talked about and you know let's see how he finishes the season out and then let's see what he looks like in outdoors and then be like okay you know is it yeah was any of it like close were we all crazy out there you know we're not gonna really know the answers but like hey maybe maybe just sucks outdoors and we're all like okay well you know yeah we're all lost he's just out there he's just gonna go hunting last year he didn't do phenomenal outdoors he didn't do bad but he did great indoors. I wonder if it was maybe just like a perfect storm last year where he, he cinched up the Supercross title, you know, or I mean, it, it's hard to say. I'm I'm not a sports psychologist either. I'm just a guy in a basement with a camera. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's it's definitely it, it's hard to say, but I don't know what. Before we wrap it up, do we have any other like crazy statistics that we can jump way too deep into? way too deep into um oh i don't know I, this last one we went for like 10 15 minutes about oh, craziness yeah. well <laughs> you know just getting it's fun talking about what the what the things are for them um i mean you know if we're talking about guys that we think should have done you know zacko marv yeah zacko and marv. performances they weren't there you know they got hurt which you know to jump back onto the perfect storm thing a little bit I will say, you know, we'll move on. I think Tomax, a championship winner is a championship. That's how championships work. Yep. But he had a perfect storm last year. Kenny had his just enough off nights, which granted you got to be on to win it. So that's a little bit out there. But Webb getting sick, getting really hurt, or being not being there the second round, and then getting hurt in Arlington. Yeah. I think Webb handed it to Tomac, but. Yeah, so I think there was definitely some perfect storm there. But like I was saying, perfect storm, that kind of puts us in the situation we're in where now we're dealing with Tomac coming back and we're dealing with Webb, Tomac, Rocks, and Barsha. Webb, Tomac, Rocks, and Barsha. Webb, Tomac, Rocks, and Barsha because Zach's not there. Adam's not there. Um, Marv's not there. Chase keeps, you know, busting his face. Um, (laughs) You know, it's it's crazy. You saw his bars. Oh, yeah. He he literally ate the bars. Like, I mean, I know the <laughs> helmets move a little bit, but I keep thinking about it. And I'm just like hitting the helmet, it moving. He He's had to have come down just, and back at the same time. Yeah, the I video is it's too hard to see exactly what happened, except for all you see is just head go, you know. I, you know he had to have broken a tooth. I mean, he punched oh, a he hole he, in those bars. Yeah, I think he said he lost a tooth, if not just completely broke at least one or two. Yeah, it was because yeah, it went through his it went through his lip, too. 
Yeah, like yeah. I, as gruesome as it sounds, I wish he would have posted a picture, not just the hole in the in the bar, but like of his grill too. Oh so yeah, that, yeah. He the picture I posted. I think he posted in his story after Daytona was just his face, like you could uh, see his teeth. Yeah, and it, it was just huge lip stitches, you know, uh, black eyes, and the one he posted. Um, I think he posted the actual picture after this most recent one on his on his Instagram of what his face looked like, and it's you know it's lips even bigger. But the Daytona one was just a story. I don't think he posted an actual picture, but both of them are just. I mean, how do you bust your face up? twice in in the you know two of the three races you've raced in like he's, he's pushing hard man he's got that butt up and the head down he's getting that yeah. arrow going you know it's, it's, yeah uh james is just showing him like just send it man send it like we're gonna teach you how to be fast you just gotta send it he hadn't figured out the like keeping it on two wheels part well neither did james but yeah, we can get yeah. into that later. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, James like, well, you know, if we can teach you to keep it on two wheels, then it'll be good. And he hasn't he hasn't figured it out. But even then, like you, James, you know, some nights he did the same thing as Tomac. He would get back yeah. up and still just charge through it. He just couldn't hold first place. Yeah. Could oh. you can you imagine in the future though, if Chase picks up James's speed, but with the techniques uh technique that Chase has been showing, I think Chase and Roxon are probably when they're both just riding in their zone they might be the most flowy technical riders that make everything look easy mm-hmm. like watching chase at loretta's last year and iron man and indianapolis and and uh where else did i see him at i can't remember but it's uh seeing him there that dude looks like he's been riding a 450 for like decades oh yeah watching him on the 450 outdoors last year was that w- i did not I was so far away from the Sexton bandwagon. I was, I was not there. I was like, Oh yes, he's got skill. I won't, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excited about him watching him on the four fifties outdoors last year. was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, it was uh, primo, maybe I'll check out that bandwagon. Like <laughs> yeah. he was doing pretty, you don't just like jump on a four fifty for the first time and then go do that good and outdoors and not have something. Yeah. I mean, he, in my own recent history that I can think of just off the top of my head, that was probably the ultimate hold my beer. I'm going to switch bikes moment, mm-hmm. you know, like just it, it, because I think it's mostly, you don't expect that kind of thing. Uh, most guys there's, there's a huge gap in between two fifties and four fifties. There is, you know, I mean, go ride a two fifty, get fast and then jump on a four fifty. You know, like, what what are you going to do? That, yeah. So it's, but to see him just almost seamlessly. I mean, yeah, he's had a few crashes. He's had some stuff. Him and Sand don't get along, which is ironic considering he's been training in Florida. Yeah, um, right. Like, just watching watching how he he rides and handles the bike and, and all that. He, he can be super aggressive like Tomac when he needs to be and push the bike around, but he can be super finesse and just let it ride itself like Roxon. And just to watch that is like, it, he's, he, I don't know. He's the red ballerina, man. It, oh, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it could be, it just could be that Alpine star gear, but I mean, he, he clearly look, I mean, all these guys look fit, you know, when you see yeah. him out there, but just like seeing him, 
in that Alpine star gear, like looking real fit out there on that bike and like watching him like really move a lot more than some of these guys in some of the baggier gear. I mean, you can just see it. It's, it's awesome oh, yeah. watching him ride that bike. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. I, I'm not on the Sexton bandwagon yet, but give it a year or two, you know, usually by the time I jump on, on somebody's bandwagon, they've been running four fifties for like three or four years already, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's uh I definitely and it's not because I I don't even think I don't like any of the riders. I, I talk smack about a lot of them, but it's just because I think that a lot of them can do a lot better and I've seen them do better. And so when they do ha- string together a couple off nights, it really it makes me sad enough that I just want to talk a little shit to feel oh, yeah. better, <laughs> you know? But I I don't think maybe freeze. I'm not a huge fan of freeze. So, but other than him, I, I can't say that I dislike any of the riders, you know, and, and it's fun seeing some of the new personalities and stuff come out also where you have guys like Kate Clayson, Alex Ray, Aaron Plessinger, even Ferrandis when he gets to talk and smack, um, mm-hmm. which will be in a couple years, you know, you have Cooper Webb, the silent assassin, you know, just guys like that where I feel like, corporate stigma of the sport and suppressing personalities has finally popped to where we have accepted that we are kind of a niche sport so let's do us you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like we haven't really brought in any outside sponsors you know we might get like one or two a year and they never hang around so let's celebrate our community and be a bunch of weirdos and you know like let's be like who is it? Anderson posting free ride videos for his supercross training, you know, like, why not? It made MC the supercross King, you know, what's to say it can't still work. Yeah. You know, it's free riding. Isn't easy. Oh no, no, especially not the way some of them do it. You know? Yeah. They're like, Hey, here's a random switchback. That's 120 feet tall. I'm gonna go jump it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, you could be like I'll... the Hill Brothers and be like, "Oh yeah, my no, my entire training is free riding, and we're still yeah. going to be out there." Speaking of, um, I heard one of them might be coming back. Jo- oh, they're definitely going to be in ATL. Josh, yeah. right? Justin's, Justin's doing the the sheriff gig, and Josh is the one going to yeah. be in ATL. I can never yeah. keep them straight, honestly. So Josh still rides. Um, and if you haven't had a second, uh, when you get done with our show. Uh, jump over onto the YouTube and look up his uh, his X Games submission from last year. Uh, Real Moto, Josh Hill's Real Moto video is actually oh, yeah, really fucking sweet. Yeah. It, so it's uh, I'm excited about that. And ATL is Sipes coming back for ATL? That was on his schedule, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'll be excited about that. There. I'm a huge Sipes fan, the general, dude. Yeah, and it's I will argue about with anybody that he is the goat of two wheels like dirt bike two wheels he's the goat man that dude can race anything he wants and be good at whatever it is just as long as it's a dirt bike and has two wheels yeah i think even purely on like the merit of the activities themselves you no one could reasonably argue too hard against that because who else is doing what he's doing uh, some guys they do. are doing it as good as he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if like, they're going to those exact same events he's doing, they're not finishing the way he's finishing. 
they're not yeah. going out there and getting a, a busted up hand in a heat race from getting T-boned, finishing that, finishing the LCQ, and then still finishing the race. Just He didn't have to finish that race. There were guys that had to finish that race that didn't finish the race. He still finished the race. Yeah. I mean, it, he's he's one tough dude. But it's to go from professional hill climb to professional flat track to he even did a freestyle motocross with mm-hmm. like Twitch in them. And then what he, he'll he go out and run an enduro like or a hard enduro. And then it, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. Uh... <laughs> uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch that. But I'm excited about Atlanta. I think uh, I look forward to seeing how those races happen and talking about those. Cause like I said, I was looking at those track maps again and coming up and thinking about those. I just really don't believe that they're any more comparable to Daytona than any open air stadium. You know, the, the dirt, unless they change up the dirt completely, if they're using the same type of dirt that they use, that they bring into the stadium there, unless it rains the whole time, I think, we're going to run into the same scenario we run into at all the open air stadiums. There's one or two, like, I think one of the track maps I was looking at, I think the third one, some of the rhythms are a little bit easier. Like maybe a little, maybe some little less picky. Of course they always end up changing it, but yeah, the way those lanes work out, it's not like Daytona granted this year, Daytona, there was a lot of jumps. There was some big rhythms, but ATL man, rhythm, 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 like the whole, the whole section along the edge of the track, um, it's just a nonstop rhythm. There's a little bit of kind of like soft S kinks in there, you know, for some kind of turns. Granted, they're not one eighties, but they the way they switch back provides some opportunities for slowing kind of passing, maybe. Yeah. Depending on how they build it out. It, it all depends on how they build it out. But I think it's really gonna be a fitness thing. You know, we had one minute, ten second lap times at Daytona. I see these being at least that, if not more. And it's cause, you know, you think about it. They're going to, I think all of them have at least two whoop sections where they're going, you know, balls out, holding their breath through those. And then they're working these rhythm sections for as long as those lanes are with no turns to like kind of loosen up maybe a little bit. And they're having to nail all of those consistently. You get off by a tiny bit through each one of them. You know, we saw it in Arlington three this past Saturday, there was that one rhythm section where if they didn't get that drive out of the corner or they messed up in the middle of that one then there actually was an advantage. And when you've got a rhythm lane that long, there's going to be at least one spot where you can make up or lose time in there. And I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm just really excited to see who can connect the dots on those long lanes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely be, uh, it'll be a fun race, man. That's, uh, well, apparently we have D voices. Sorry, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It uh, it makes it super fun when I sing karaoke. I, I end up only being able to do like Johnny Cash or or something like that. Maybe like David Allen Coe. Uh, your strength. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's uh, and then we have this one here. Uh, thinks Tomac could win. I I can't I can't disagree. I. Don't know if I'm ready to make a prediction yet. Uh, this is an off week, so I, I'll have to really study the track. I, I think Tomac might end up being a favorite, though. So, yeah, I just have to. I'll have to see. 
I'm going to stand by what I said that I think this is going to be so much more like a super cross track that it's not going to have the Daytona uh, advantage like he's had. Um, but we'll just have to, we'll have to see how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I looked at the track map earlier this week. Um, and then I got jammed up with, uh, with work. So I haven't a hundred percent checked it out. Um, I'm remembering bits and pieces of it, but I would probably have to say that if it is super crossy, you still have, um, like web rocks and might show up. Don't count out AP. That dude is, uh, you never really know if he's going to finish an eighth or <laughs> lead the first couple laps, you know? Yeah. So well, they've and, all got, well, this is a little skewed. I think they're all like mid to short starts. Um, the way they're laid out. Yeah. yeah. The first two face the same way. And even the third, the third one's probably a little bit longer of a start, but they've all got, you know, one sand section, the third one might have some of the easier rhythms on it, but I, I think our hope for the passing opportunities are going to be some of those, the whoop sections. And then some of the sections where maybe they play off, like kind of what they did in, um, I hate to keep talking about it, but those lanes in Arlington three this past time were awesome where they had so many options and then they could slow down and mess up. Like some of these are just have a lot of obstacles in one place that could maybe really, provide multiple different ways to go through it over the time and then you know there's the the weather thing that dirt the way they build it and water it and everything over the course of a week outside in atlanta in april it could just be all sorts of stuff especially if it is a lot of clay type stuff and it gets a little too wet man this is a little bit more slippery than your traditional mud yeah or it could go the exact opposite way and just be super hot and get dry and dusty and hard packed and i mean yeah. i doubt we'll ever see blue groove on a super cross track anymore but if it does my pick it's, is sipes <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah especially it's, on uh, some of these wide these, they got really wide 180 corners on yeah. uh out here that yeah you know being able to navigate your way around those could make up some time or provide some passing opportunities if you know you're behind a guy that can't can't ride those type of corners on that type of dirt yeah the big 180s and good rhythm lanes i think are definitely going to create more passing opportunities though so that's uh i'm hoping i just hope for a good race every week man i i don't i haven't put much stock into hoping for a good track so i don't know we'll see it's uh i hope it's a it's a track that will at least allow good passing and good racing that that's my hope every week it's sometimes i get burned you know we were talking about it before there might be two of the tracks this year out of 12 have really fit that kind of description um and both of them i feel like had sand so i don't know we'll see yeah, yeah we'll see it could, it could be interesting. i'm just excited to go i want to be at atl3 in person um, nice even if it's even if it's raining i'm gonna be out there i'm gonna have a poncho on man <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it i i haven't missed an atl round in the past five or six years and i'm i'm pumped to go back and see this one different person it's gonna be exciting to see two rounds of it on tv and then get to go like kind of watch it again 
um it'd be a, a little bit different experience for sure uh, did they make ponchos long enough for you yeah i'm gonna have to wear my waterproof boots too <laughs> yeah <I was laughs> gonna say, what's my feet. yeah does it like end above your knees like <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's more like a uh like a really long hoodie that won't be that big um but see well no, I mean, dave well, it's not really a, a dig on dirt works um a lot of these guys they they have them built out by the time outdoors even starts like they're already working on the tracks for next year um and then they just kind of fit them into whatever stadiums they can they can get contracts with i think dirt works as a whole um in fact i i i've met the guy that actually started and ran dirt works all the way up until like 2016 like as a whole those dudes do great um it's the evolution of tracks based on well the evolution of tracks versus the evolution of bikes and riders i just feel like the tracks are about a generation behind where bikes and riders are right now um dirtworks is doing the best with what they can uh with what they have and it's it's hard to say i i think they do they do good at maintaining the track and building the track and ensuring you know that the track is safe for everyone and tries to meet everybody's standards but at the same time i would like to see the the next generation of tracks to equal the next generation of bikes and riders like if you go back and look at the bar to bar series from 2006 2007 2008 we're still basically riding on the same exact tracks but the bikes and and riders have gone above and beyond what they were back then yeah i mean even that you look at that orlando track it was a replica like if you didn't tell me it tell. was a replica I would have been like, <laughs> there's nothing about it they would have been like man this feels like a you know 10 year old track I, yeah or yeah. a plus year old track i would have never would have never known um and in dirt works you know they're they build the stuff that other people are designing so you know like they they do a good job at what they do you know, they, yeah. they've, all of them probably have ideas about what a cool track would look like. And I don't really don't know how much input they get on the actual track designing process. But for the most part, they do a good job at what they do, what they're told to do based on, you know, somebody else designing a track design. They know how to con make somebody else's design work to the best that that design can. It's they're definitely like, not on Dirtworks. Yeah. I think the only time anybody could really rag on Dirtworks that nobody's still sure what happened was that Orlando one to orlando was it orlando yeah orlando one to orlando two deal where the track just didn't change if that was the rounds well, those two two rounds where it just didn't change because supposedly it rained too much but then everybody else in florida was like no it didn't rain that much it, the track should have changed but they just couldn't change the layout i think it was that one um, so the the early 80s tracks dave um sorry it's uh i was born in 88 um, so I haven't really seen a lot of the early eighties tracks, but if you're referring to like the old tracks, I'm not sure what era they came out of, uh, with like the logs and the basically lakes and them and stuff like that. Uh, I love it. That's why I watch a lot of the, uh, enduro cross and stuff like that. So I think you've. You might be asking the wrong fella that because I would be like, yeah, let's go. You know, I, I would love to see it. But unfortunately, I, I don't know if that would pass the mustard on most of today's 
fans. Um, yeah, I think that there definitely would be an issue with, like we've talked about, just visually appealing from what those tracks are used to. But I think from some of those older races, pictures I've seen, some video that I've seen, especially early, it is not a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of good quality of both of those. But I think that's a, a bike issue. I think our bikes are, our Supercross bikes have now too stiff, too powerful for those tracks to work. I think they built those yeah. tracks because those bikes could just kind of do those types of obstacles, you know, the lower jumps, the crazy stuff. Um, and they worked good for the bikes, but you know, that kind of goes back to the point of like, we, we need to be kind of experimenting with what kind of different supercross tracks can we do with these bikes? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, I got to start getting ready to get the kids to bed, man. Ah, so we're yeah. going to have to wrap it up pretty soon. It's, I got the little ones and they they are not happy if they don't get to hang out and wrestle before bed. So oh, we can't it's, have you uh, ended up like Tomac, man. You got to get a good shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, so I probably same time next week. Uh, yeah. We'll talk to Jesse, see what he's got going on. I know next week on what is it the ninth jesse's gonna come on we're gonna do a um kind of how we feel about going into the weekend uh, especially after the break we will be going over the next round which happens on saturday uh, i do not believe that we are doing any type of super cross or couch cross um but please do not forget uh stop over to the uh power to the ground website um get you some sweet merch um we have the do it for dale shirts i absolutely love them they are now the icon of my own discord channel where we talk about everything moto uh and it is also my facebook profile that is how much i like these shirts so yeah man i got my i wore mine for couch cross and i keep thinking <laughs> about hopefully the next time i get to go out in public when i'm gonna be able to wear that shirt so everyone can just <laughs> look at right me. <laughs> And then uh, if you are following along with the show, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, please do not forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Uh, this does actually go a long way with us. Um, we are just a, a couple dudes that absolutely have a complete passion for the sport. I mean, I would probably say almost every day we talk about something in capacity with this and talk about trying to build this show up. Um, so if you could please, please like, comment, share, and subscribe, it does go a very long way for us. Um, and then uh, what we have, we have the bro taco hot sauce, which is, I still think it's one of my best. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get a hot sauce holster, man. Um, just so that I can, I can carry this stuff around. Uh, I need to get one of those to make it safer to carry on to public for when I go back to restaurants. <laughs> right. It's uh, don't forget, stop over at brotacofoods.com. Use code PTTG for 20% off. I highly recommend that you try it. I love it. I use it almost every day. And I'm not just saying that because Sean is a good friend and sponsor of the show. I'm saying that because I legitimately like it. Like I, this stuff is good. I haven't uh, bought a different hot sauce in months. I, yeah that's i've been using those over and over and over again i was a tapatio guy man i put tapatio on everything and then sean was like try my stuff and i'm like all right and now uh sorry tapatio you're you're getting old man you're hitting your expiration date uh we got the bro taco moving in so uh also please go over to sunstar-breaking.com uh hit up the support 
rider support email, whether you are a racer or a casual rider, shoot me over an email. Uh, just include something PTTG, uh, Tiller sent you, Doug sent you, Jesse sent you. You saw it on the show at some point in time, and I will do my best to hook you up. Um, and yeah, that's really all I got, man. Uh, do you got anything else to add, Tiller? Yeah, I just sort of say the been absolutely awesome um and if anybody catches this between now and next thursday when i'm sure we'll be doing it again and you got any stats you want dug up or anything you know any questions you want us to talk about shoot us shoot us a line drop us a comment um let us we know the, i'll look something we, up we have the discord channel now too uh oh, it yes. should be up on on the facebook if it is not uh i will run up and check after i get my kids to bed and uh we'll post it on there so it's a good time i mean we talk about time in the garage supercross motocross gncc wess isde basically if you can race it we're interested and we, we're, we're gonna talk about it <laughs> so it's uh it's a great time so be sure to watch out for that link um if you have not been on a discord server before it is basically the next generation forum. I I mean, I like it. I, I don't know. I haven't run into too many people that don't like the setup on, on the discord. So it's uh and then we also stream couch cross there, uh, which does have the, you can actually watch the race with us. We can stream it on discord. So make sure that, uh, make sure that you be on the lookout for that stuff too. So other than that, man, Let's uh, I'll, I'll catch you in the discord. I'm sure. Absolutely. All of them. Yeah. Let's call it a night before my kids come down here and start yelling at me, man. Awesome, man. Great time. <laughs> All right. Peace guys. Take care. Yeah.